Welcome back to That Rugby Podcast. You're joined by myself and Yuzi. Hello, it's me. (laughs) Uh, How was your weekend, mate? Miserable. My air conditioning's broken, so I spent it sweating. Spent it sweating. I also spent some of my weekend sweating. Yeah. But that was spent at the Allianz Stadium watching the Sevens in the searing heat. Do you remember that the Sevens in Sydney was on? What what's what was that? I didn't. Is that like some sort of bowling? Uh, thing? Rugby sevens, as in like, nah. and hosted by Australia, and yet uh, first I've heard of it. I don't first, know what you, you, you've never heard of it. Never heard of it. Is that is that something people play? Is that like touch? Footy? I, I'm just going to remind you back to last week where I said there should be an asterisk on a championship that wasn't fairly won, and my point hasn't been more backed up ever in my life. Than going into a weekend and seeing your not just the men but your golden girls lose to Le Bleu, both of them knocked out by the French. It was mm. I don't I don't want to say it was satisfying, but it was. Uh, I also must say I had a fair bit of money on the Australian woman to beat the French uh, mm. uh, and a couple of things to happen, and I'm happy I lost all my money to see you guys get knocked out by the French. No. I, I, gambling is a sin, so I'm happy you lost your money as well, and hopefully you'll reform your sinful ways from there. But look, I mean, it sounds like some sort of, um, you know, low-level local competition, so I guess if you want to be happy about winning that, go for okay. it. So. Basically. I don't know. I don't know. It's Sydney the first Sevens, time hearing of it, it New really, Zealand, kind of competition. New Zealand took out both the men and the women's comp in Sydney. Uh, I watched in attendance as we won our quarterfinals and saw both of the Australian teams get bundled out by France. Uh, does it back up my point of an asterisk deserving for the men from last year's tournament? Yes. Can we now potentially discuss an asterisk for the women? Maybe. Uh, because your Golden Girls were quite quite embarrassing, and to, to be honest. And, and just to, to be fair, they were dominant the whole week until they ran into a, a, a decent French team. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed mm. sitting there and seeing what I got to see. And, and to be fair, I was sitting there next to my South African mate, Matty Lawson, friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Good friend of the show. Knox, uh, rugby player. Yeah, alumni. He was sitting there. He was sitting there as a South African and absolutely giving it to me after we lost to them in the pool stages. Yeah. Absolutely loving life. I don't think I've enjoyed watching a final more than seeing us pump South Africa by 38. It actually gave me more pleasure to watch that, that final, 38-0, than actually seeing your girls get knocked out because I'm glad to hear that you're not totally driven by spite. No, I'm though I'm heavily driven by spite. Yeah. I I put a lot of money on the New Zealand men then to win, just out of spite that even if they didn't win, I I just wanted more spite. I wanted to add to the spite that I could already. I, I was I, I will never be spited out. If you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm always there and willing to spite someone, especially a South African or an Aussie rugby fan. We should get sponsored by Sprite because then you could have Sprite Spite. Sprite Spite. I yeah. would. Uh, maybe one day maybe we will, but for now I don't think we'll... Sprite Spite, the flavour by Luke Bowden. But yes, it, it's now a very hotly contested sevens competitions uh, that the two New Zealand teams are leading as they have, a, I think it's a four-week break until uh, Las Vegas. I do want to discuss and what I would also like to get your opinion... Uh, it was a fantastic day at Allianz. Allianz is yeah. a great stadium for it. Small enough that you can actually get a vibe. You can, 
when you're sitting down in the front rows, you can hear the contact, which is awesome, compared to Westpac Stadium, where I've watched many of sevens. Uh, but you also get that, you know, that round, you can walk around. It's very cool. Yeah. A three-day tournament, like I said, I remember we discussed in quite an earlier podcast how sevens were trying to revolutionise it. Mm. Three-day tournament was too long, and I get it. There yeah. were some wasted games. I watched yeah. Spain versus Brazil women rugby. Rugby and uh, it actually hurt my soul a little bit mm. just just to see the level of rugby and it's not a attack at those players obviously to be in the Spanish sevens women's team is a great achievement but it's probably not your first ever choice as a career and then to watch that game it was just it was a waste of time realistically and again yeah. there was a couple of men's games where I'm like this is a waste of time so I understand what they're doing because it should have been a two day event a Friday Saturday Saturday that you know, accumulation of the pool games and everything. So Friday you have the pool games, Saturday you go out. Because I couldn't think of anything worse than going back on a Sunday, <laughs> having a few more beers than I already had on a Saturday, yeah. and then trying to work on the Monday. Like, yeah, 100%. That's that's exactly right. I think more than the number of days of competition, it's the day the final day is on. Exactly. Like Sunday is not a good day to have a final thing on unless – it is something that you can get a holiday for afterwards or you can reasonably get time off work. You know, Super Bowl Sunday is a thing because everyone knows no one's going to be working the next day. Like the Monday after the Super Bowl, nothing happens there, yeah. right? Um, yeah, host your events on event finals on a Saturday or get a public holiday so people so, can take the day off. Totally agree. And then, and then that's what I was, I was like. I felt a little bit like disappointed leaving. Like mm. we'd watch some great footy, but you just the quarterfinals and you're like, you're coming back for realistically four games. Like yeah. all those other games on Sunday were just meaningful, meaningless, except for the two semifinals in, in each one. And I was like, yeah. pointless. So I see why Sevens is doing that. I also, I, I love the idea, like we discussed it there. It should be like Formula One. Like this should be our, like, you know, they go around the circuit, they play, it's big, it, you get everyone yeah. involved. You could have sold out Allianz, in my opinion, if you'd done a really good job with the two-day event. I think they marketed mm. it quite well. What I would love to see is a f- event in Fiji because the Fijian fans were oh, incredible. Yeah. Like, it, I just couldn't – I could imagine, like, you know, one-off. Like, every mm. four or five years you do that. Like, well, yeah, it's like the, the Formula One, they, they rotate some circuits. Some circuits like Some circuits are permanent, some circuits come go, right? 100%. So I reckon you have, like, your, your crux. <laughs> your crux of – Events yeah. and you're like, yep, we're going to go here, we're going to go here, we're going to go here. Because I knew, I know New Zealand's been taken off the circuit, which again, and and, and the women's team's a little bit disappointed because, like they said, the men's team it's been it was going for 21 years. The men's team had all 21. It's only been two years for the women's team, you know, to get it even off the ground, and now they're they're not going there. So just every so often, if it came to New Zealand, it would be yeah. a great great idea. And it's that spark, like. Hey, we don't get this every single year. Like yeah. you're going, we're going no, to the seven type you. thing. Yeah. So I think there, uh, there's definitely ways to improve it. But it was a thoroughly enjoyable event. I think, yeah, the the path that sevens is on is a really good path. Well, look, it sounds like you had a wonderful time at a really good grassroots, <laughs> low level rugby competition, and I'm very happy that you had a nice time. Um, I'm just saying that you just saying that Charlotte Catholic is now in the grassroots low level competition. That's what you've just said. I don't. Yeah, stunned. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, twist I don't know on what yourself. You're about. I don't know any of these players or anything <laughs> you're talking about. Alrighty. You Check know, or- it, but the, the thing is, right, I, the only thing that matters this year is the World Cup. I hope, I hope you know that. No one's going to remember the sevens from this year. No one's going to remember the rugby championship from this year. No one's even going to remember the Bledisloe this year, except if you guys win again and rub it in our face. Well, actually, people will remember the Bledisloe this year because either you'll win and rub it in our face or we'll win and it'll be history. But other than that, 
No one's remembering anything except for the World Cup. But I, I see. No, see, this is where I disagree. And but I agree. I agree to disagree. Okay. So I agree. You're, you're right. But say New Zealand wins the Rugby World Cup, then it'll come back. With, we've with got some. We're going to add all the cherries we can. It's it's like to it's, the top of the it's pie. Like, yeah, every, everything that everyone does this year will only be remembered if they win the World, World Cup. So like if. Whoever wins Six Nations, no one's going to remember that unless they win the World Cup. Yeah. Right? Whoever wins the Rugby Championship, no one's going to remember that unless they win the World Cup. Right? And it's the same with the Sevens. So, yeah. So it's all, it all does. It will so it will count for someone, but only whoever wins the World Cup. Yep. So, yeah, I agree. Totally. Like, especially if you look at the Six Nations perspective, it's like, great, you won the Six Nations, but did you win the World Cup? No? Yeah. Okay, well, what the, like, does it England, you won the Six Nations, you fired Eddie Jones, but you lost in the semifinals in the World Cup. Why'd you do that? You know? Blew you load too early. It is. Correct. Yeah. So it's someone's over, which is know, what's going to happen, by the way. Dipping their cherries, or yeah. you know, you know, getting extra cherries. They're putting their, their eggs in their baskets, and they're waiting to see if they're hatching. And they're, exactly, and that's what New Zealand's going to be doing. You'll be hatching. We're, well, hopefully, we hatch yeah. when we win the Rugby World Cup. Um, tackle height in England now. Oh yeah, big one. This is, it's obviously it's even blowing up even further than what we had talked about last week. Now. Yeah. The, the reason it's blowing up, there's two things that have come from it. The English Rugby Union has apologised. They've come out and apologised and said, like, sorry for kind of bringing this up and upon you. But they haven't taken it away yet, so it's still there. It's still... So why, what, what's the apology for? That doesn't make any sense. Like, why, yeah. why would you bother apologising? I think it was more like the, the way they've done, gone about it, they've apologised yeah. for. Then the second one is World Rugby looking into taking it from the shoulder to the nipple or around there, so lowering the height for elite sport. Now... I had to I had to go into a bit more depth about this because I was, you know, we sat there and discussed it yesterday. And I was like, surely they've got obviously stats, and World Rugby believe they've got stats to show that lowering the tackle height lowers concussion rates. Yeah, I did read one study, and I wish I could quote the study, but I've already forgotten the name of the study I read, uh, where it said they took a study of two teams where one competition had it was like a midweek, not midweek, but like a. a wasn't a Champions Cup, but it was something like that, where it was a separate competition to the, what they regularly play, and in that competition they lowered tackle height to under the waist. Yeah, there was no correlation of concussions dropping. Yeah, uh, it was more the issue was around the speed of the contact. It was all about the tackle still, but yeah. the speed of the contact, everything like that. So they couldn't see any correlation. My assumption is the studies that the World Rugby are doing and have got. There is a correlation. There's enough of a correlation to go. This is worth looking into. I'm just. I'm still unsure. I'm still so on the fence about it all. The look. The the shoulder lowering it from shoulder height to nipple height. That one intrigues me a bit more than just below the waist only, because then you do get those hits around the the midriff. And you know, if you, it's, it's a similar thing to if you're. The, what we get now where you hit someone sort of high and then you slide up and hit them in the face, right? Yeah. But what happens if you hit someone in the waist and you slide up and hit them in, in the chest? You know, reasonably, that's no huge risk of concussion because you're not hitting someone yeah. in the head. But if they change that to an illegal tackle, there's a potential for that to be a red card. For you hitting someone in the leg, sliding up, hitting him in the stomach and getting red carded for that. So that I'm not a fan of. But if you lower yeah, it that's to... A, that's an interesting point that you make. Like, where does... The jurisdiction lie of a dangerous tackle. Yeah. When the tackle weight, tackle height is the waist. Like, if you hit someone in the belly button, is that just a penalty offence? Because we've always learned, like, pretty much now, anything contact with the head, it's a yellow card offence at yep. least. Like, so I go, well, does that mean anything above the waist is now yellow card, or is it just penalty worthy? I mean, I wonder if they paint the body like you know, 
belly belly to belly to nipple height is just a penalty. Nipples up is yellow. Like they're gonna yeah. paint like a picture of a man. Like it's like it's like penalty here. So like orange. Yeah. Yellow from nipple up to uh, head height, height yeah. and the head height yeah. is red. is red. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I like that because then with nipple height, if you do go above that, you're more likely to hit someone in the head to keep sliding, knock someone in the jaw or something. And so I can see more reasonable for that reasonableness reasonableness for for that um and yeah i mean tackling between nipple and shoulder high is a risky proposition anyway so I, I i wouldn't be too upset about that yeah and i think it's a good middle path to try and i think there are perhaps i didn't look technology is never always going to be the saving grace but i there definitely needs to be looked into you know uh, like NFL in the preseason, they had these massive bulky helmets just during the preseason, but they lowered the amount of concussions in in training. Uh, and you know, rugby they play a lot of players wear headgear already. Maybe uh, more advanced headgear needs to be looked into, and everyone needs to wear headgear. Which I know not all players would be happy about, especially you know those with long flowing locks and things like that. But <laughs> It's that or con- concussions. I think that's probably more of a direction to, to go in. Yeah, that's, that's again, an interesting point I haven't really thought too much about, but technology, eventually you'll, you'll, they'll, they'll find a point, like you see those ones in the NFL with the Nick, uh, the Tony Pollards and the stuff. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah. Like you, you'll see something like that come up in the rugby world. Um, that'll help and it'll be a choice thing. And I think we'll eventually find the ground where it's like, because you've got to think about it this way as well. And the way I see this concussion battle, we're in the point now where we've learned so much about the concussions that anyone who steps on a rugby field is now making, like, if you think you're a kid playing it, your parents are putting you into it, any kid 18 now is making a decision with the knowledge knowing that what concussions can do. Yeah. Guys 20, 30 years ago weren't doing that. And yeah. So they're the ones who are upset. They're the ones that are going at World Rugby taking this um, yeah. lawsuit to them. And I get it. I don't want to – I'm not taking away from that. They can, they they had no idea. Yeah. And World Rugby's job should have been to look after them, and they didn't. And so now I look at it and I go, but any 18-year-old now who's running onto a rugby field, if they don't understand it, the, the effect that a concussion can have. Like myself, myself I, I, I understand it. I'm going to be running out there mm-hmm. as much as I can to as long as I can with the understanding that, you know, head knocks are a part of the game. Uh, as long as it's not done purposely to me, if it's like an accident, yeah. you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. And it could affect me, you know, 60, 70, 80 when I'm no, at those ages because of what I've, I've chosen to do. But it's my choice as well. Say that if they bring out something that can reduce it, I will be one of the first to put it yeah. on. But I don't I don't think anyone has to be judged if they don't want to wear it. It's just you've got to understand the risks that you're getting into as well. Yeah, so it is it's one of those things where you, you when you sign up you sign a health waiver and mm-hmm. you understand that if you don't wear this protection, you're you are waiving rights to 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 indemnity basically. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, look uh, I've suffered a couple of concussions through my playing career. Not fun at all. Um, my most memorable one, fun enough, is the one I don't really remember, where <laughs> I was doing some uh, – it was schoolboy rugby. Uh, I was in year 11 in, in, in the Open, so year 11s and year 12s. And there's the drill that all you rugby fans will know where you just run in a straight line, pass it down the line, you just run straight, you run straight, you run onto the ball. Super simple, right? 
young coach comes in, innovative ideas. How do I get these boys to run straight? Simple. I have two of those lines running at each other, but they're running in each other's gaps. All right? Now, I ran straight. The big fuck-off second rower opposite me didn't run straight. So I passed the ball, and I looked up, and I saw his elbow. Oh. I woke up five seconds later on the ground, and the sky was green. And everything that was supposed to be blue was green. And I'd also dislocated my jaw. Uh, and uh, and I, I'm actually the reason my school has a concussion policy, because they didn't have one before then, and they let me walk back to school on my own. Yeah. Holy shit. See, that was, like, I'm assuming he wasn't looking straight. Yeah, he, he wasn't looking. So he, just, he just sort he of just drifted off his line. It, drifted off, and then And then his I look at his elbow was my bang. jaw height. And because I'm sideways, I'm turning back into the elbow that's there. Yeah. Bang into the elbow. Jaw dislocates me out cold for five seconds. And then I woke up, and because obviously I had a concussion, this everything that was supposed to be blue was green. Like it was wow. like a turquoisey green, but it was green. Like yeah, I was yeah, yeah, seeing yeah. stuff green. Incredible. Like, so no, like you can, you know, it's, that's bloody interesting. No, only because that's a training environment. Like yeah. all of mine have happened during games. Yeah. So like I've put my head in the wrong position going for a tackle one time. One time I was bridging. Yeah. Someone just came and took me out. Another time I got a knee to the bottom of the ruck. Those are like my three times that I've I've had them, and and the worst has been like I got one, went in to make a tackle, try to stand up, and just was yeah. everywhere. Down I went, um, got taken off, and then yeah, the whole night home I had headaches and stuff, yeah. just your normal concussion symptoms. But that's a hell of a story, Jesus. Yeah, yeah so you know, but I guess if you, you lowered know, the tackle height, you would have been alright. Well, no, we, we, we would have had to lower the second row. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, Take shit. him out at the knees and then I would have been all right because he was tall. He was bloody tall. Uh, but that's what, I'm, that's, that's what I'm saying, though, is that the tackle height won't be the be-all and the save-all, right? No. And neither will technology, but combining those will be what's the, what, what happens. But concussions will, in any kind of sport where there is contact... I don't think you can ever fully eliminate concussions. However, and I don't think that's the objective either. I think the objective is to eliminate the frequency and the severity of them because that is what uh, causes the long-term effects is the repeated intense concussions. And that's what we see in American football. Is what yep. we've seen in rugby is it's repeated trauma to the head, right? So you're never going to fully eliminate them, but you can do your best to minimize them to the point where it's much less of an issue than it is now and the players that it still does affect will be much better taken care of because there's less people needing care and so the money can be more spent on that and on other things. So, I yeah, I, I, all, I, I support investigating all as many different methods as, as possible and I think you said it last week, like the lowering the tackle height thing, it's good that someone's doing it I'm glad it's not us doing it, but mm. I'm glad it's good that someone is doing it so that we can see what happens. We can get results. And that, unfortunately, that has to happen. Is, is Someone is going to have to be the guinea pig somewhere, and that's where we'll, that's where we'll learn. And I guess that, I think that, that for, like my last statement from that, is there's also a way to deliver that. And I don't think the English Rugby Union didn't do that very well. Like, that was the thing. Like, say they came to us and they said, in the shoot shield, we're making it below this, but this is the reasons as we're doing. We're going to give you, you know, 12 weeks to get ready for the season. This is the what we're doing. This is how yeah. we're dealing with it. Um, 
if you are unsure about it, come and you know talk here. All this information and just pushed it out to the clubs. Got club feedback as well. Like before they fully announced that they were like, "Hey, look, we're thinking of doing this. We want full club fe- feedback, like transparency. Through this is what we want to do. Reasons why we don't." I just don't think it was handled very well, and yeah. that's that's why you're getting the reaction. I don't think it's less about it actually happening. It's more how it was handled, yeah. and. Again, it's an interesting one to do it in England purely because their, their history and their pride in their history, they go, oh, but this is not what rugby is. And I go... Well, it's because they're a bunch of whiners, basically. Okay, and, nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> they look, I mean, I, I don't think it's necessarily the players either. It's the, it's the, it's the people, the people that, are, that are complaining the loudest are your middle-aged blokes on Facebook, right? The same ones that complain about anything that's slightly different, right? Beans, beer, and the coin. Fuck off if you don't like it. That's the t- that's the people that are complaining about it. Brexit means Brexit. All right, those are the those are the ones that are complaining about the changes. The loudest. This is fucking rugby. May as well wear fucking tutus on the field. It's, it's, they're the ones that are complaining about it. Fucking shaved head. One of their wives tattooed on their forearm or something like that. Like those would be the people that will always complain, and you're never going to satisfy them with any changes to the game. Right. Um, and they're always like, oh, I'm fucking quitting watching rugby, never watching this game again, fucking sissy's game. Like, they, of course they're going to keep watching rugby. They've got nothing else going on in their life. The wife's left them and the kids have been taken away. What else have they got but rugby? So they're going to still sit there and watch. You've got to learn, and I think sometimes too much emphasis is put on the words people speak online, and what really needs to be focused on is the actions of what people do, right? Because at the end of the day, doesn't Facebook comments mean fuck all what matters is views and bums on seats right so if you're still getting those results and i think they will because what the fuck else is going on in england right? yeah. you know it's miserable there yeah. you, you need your sport to survive that's why the premier league is so popular because it's an anesthetic from the misery of their existence right <laughs> so that's they're gonna still sit I'm there i'm glad and watch you're rugby. gonna when we make our six nations prediction you're actually gonna you know, turn all the English support people that are hating on you right now, you're going to turn them around. Well, of course, because, of course, th- this is why they're going to win the Six Nations. Because <laughs> they're miserable, is that Because why? they're going to turn their misery and hatred for foreigners into winning, right? Let's, let's get on to those Six yeah. Nations predictions, now that we bring them up. Because Hughesy's gone so hard after the English, we're going to predict I haven't gone so hard after the English. I've gone hard after England, right? Yeah. So, because... I've lived there. It's, <laughs> it's, no, it, it's a lovely country in certain parts of it. Other parts of it, you know, not so much. But look, you've put, you've got a, your Six Nations predictions. I'll give mine now since I've already gone England. We've already revealed. We've already done the winners. We've yeah. discussed this before, but we're going to give our full table predictions. So I said England would win, and I'm sticking with that. And then I'm going Ireland second, France third, Scotland fourth, Wales fifth. Italy six. Yeah, as much as I love Ange Cappuccino, I still don't think there's enough firepower there for Italy. Warren Gatland to Wales. I was tempted to maybe put them above Scotland, but I think Scotland's got a little bit too much talent. Uh, France in third because I think they are still a good team, but I think Ireland is better. And while I don't think England is a better team than France or Ireland, I think that for the Six Nations, the uh, the freshness of the new coach. Uh, as well as I think Ireland and France being a little bit strategic and realising that the Six Nations doesn't matter as much this year, whereas the pressure is on England to get some good results early under the new coach. I mean, England takes it, as well as just the sh- 
the the sheer misery of living in England will drive the players to have just furious amounts of contact to feel any other emotion apart from despair. So that's why I think so they will welcome the pain of physical rugby. Uh, and that's why they'll win, and also because they hate all foreigners. And so what better way to take out their hatred of foreigners than by smashing other players? And they didn't have that before with Eddie Jones because Eddie was a foreigner. Not only that, was he a foreigner? He was, uh, he, was a, he was a colonial. He was from one of their territories. And so they couldn't unleash their f- pure racial hatred as much as they do under an English coach. So that's why I think England will win. <laughs> 100% serious for all of that, as you can tell. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that came from the, the soul. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to read mine out now. I'm not happy about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so unsure about the Six Nations because, as we've said, no one cares about this year's Six Nations or Rugby Championship because unless you win the World Cup and the Six Nations, it doesn't really matter. But I've got Ireland to win it. We already knew that. Why Ireland play England and France at home they're not going to lose at home to those two teams. I think Farrell's going to get them up. Everyone's going to start talking about how they're peaking too early before the World Cup. Um, but I think they win it. I've gone England second. This is my controversial one because I don't think they're even the. I don't even think they're the third best team. I think they're fourth best team overall. But Hughes managed to sway me a little bit that mm-hmm. uh, Borfoot's going to get something out of them that they didn't quite have. Um, and I think he's going to finish second. I believe they play France at home as well, so they're going to lose to Ireland, play France at home, win it, for, uh, beat France. They want revenge over Scotland, so they'll beat Scotland. But I've got Scotland as third, okay? Everyone's now going, where the fuck is France, Luke? France, 10-20 streak, you know, undefeated last year. Best team in the or second best team in the world, but some would say they're the best team in the world. I've got them fourth. Now, the reason I have them fourth is I think, A, there's, there's two things. They're either not going to take the Six Nations that seriously because they've got their eye on the prize. Yeah. So if they don't do that, then they finish fourth. B, of them finishing fourth, is they capitulate because I don't believe they're as good as everyone says they are. So I think they capitulate, they fall apart, they finish fourth, they lose to fucking Italy in a game, which is wow. Italy's only win. Um, wow, that's a very bold prediction. Yep. And and you know what starts happening? Every single time before a World Cup, Something goes amiss in, fr- in the front French team. They already they fire their coach. It just starts to already go off the rails in France, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to start in the Six Nations. I agree with you with Wales. I think Gatland gets a better performance out of there. I think there's yeah. a lot of close performances. I don't think they go any higher than fifth. Uh, Italy finished last as well. A lot of people were saying this is at least time to finish fifth yeah. or third. I, we could be very wrong about the Italy coming last because I, we've we've seen the talent as well and we know it. Hughes' experience the loss firsthand, you know. So it's it, they could definitely do it. I just think coming into World Cup year, it's with, I, I with would, everyone else dealing with what they're dealing with, like you know the English yeah. coach back, Gatlin back. It's just a lot going that's on. That's the that's the thing for me was Gatlin back. Was it a better coach for Wales? Yeah, a bit of a resurgence. I still think the Welsh. Roster is vulnerable, so it oh, wouldn't 100%. surprise me to see those two swapped on our on our list. But see, I think I think Italy beat France. I think Wales beat Italy and get a bonus point there, and those are the only two wins those two teams get. France beat Wales and beat I'm going to go Scotland or maybe even England. Then Scotland beat Wales, Italy, England, France. You know that's where it gets points, and then. Ireland don't lose. Ireland get a grand slam. Are you, do you reckon England get a grand slam? No, I think England... Drop a game? I think England lose to 
Scotland. Oh, really? Yeah. Again, what's that? Sh- what, whatever cup they came for, the Gallagher Cup. Or yeah, the, it just. The, yeah, I just. I, f- I feel like the Scottish got their number. Fair enough. Um, the last and, and they'll, they'll, they won't take. I think they'll they'll not be fully switched on for that game. I think France even with losing last. Oh, you reckon they'll focus on those two games more? And yeah, then, yeah, okay, I get it. Um, the last thing we had our first Super Rugby taste mm. with a trial last week. It doesn't look good for my prediction already. Um, mm. Your prediction looks good though. However, this did happen last year as well. The Dura beat the Rebels last year in preseason. They've done it again this time though, twenty four nil. Now the big point here is the nil because. Fijian Dura obviously play probably the most unstructured rugby since the Fijian Sevens team. Yeah. And to hold a team to nil is is pretty heavy. Now, I saw the Melbourne Rebels lineup. It wasn't fantastic, but there was enough first teamers to put some points on the board. So I imagine they'll be very disappointed with that performance. However, they started off slow last year. I still believe in the Melbourne Rebels this year. I still like what they're they're offering, but... Mm -hmm. An impressive, I guess, start to the season, pre-season for the Dura. Yeah. There are games this week. We've got a, a slew of games, I believe. I know the Waratahs kick off their pre-season they, campaign. I f- feel like it's against the Brumbies. It is, yes, against the Brumbies. And we've got we've gotten a nice little – they've posted a nice little uh, team list here, and they've already told us who's going to be playing first half, who's going to be playing second half. <laughs> What I'm very excited about is the fullback for the first half, <laughs> Maxi Jorgensen, yep. who who I predicted there. But it's a it's a strong, it's basically their their bench, really for the the first half, except for one or two positions. But uh, Tatera Faulkner, Mahi Vailanu, Archer Holtz, Ned Hannigan, Taleni Sue, Lock, and the the back row is interesting. Lockie Swinton, Charlie Gamble, Will Harris. Right, that's a very strong back row for a trial very, game. Very, very strong. Harrison got out at nine, um, and I believe I had him as my backup. You did, yep. Yep. Um, ben Donaldson at 10, so that indicates to me that he's probably going to be the starting 10. The 12 is so interesting. Exactly, cause, and that's going to be my other thing for why I think Donaldson's going to be starting 10. So Dylan Peach at 11, Tane Edmed at 12. Very interesting. Harry Wilson at 13, Namani Nadolo at 14, and Max Jorgensen at 15. So, yeah, I think they, yeah, it's kind of tipping their hat on a couple of uh, positions there. Uh, second what, half is second a half is of standards in, is very yeah. much a development squad. Well, except yeah, there's Langi Langi Gleeson there, Tolu Latu. and Tolu Latu, um, who are the main ones that are sort of standing no, out to me. Is not Harry Teddy Wilson? Teddy Wilson the nine. Teddy Wilson at nine. Yeah, Harry they, Wilson at eleven. Yeah, those two have been been about. Western Force also played Queensland Reds. Mm. And their first two trials, um, and next week the Hurricanes, the Hurricanes, the New Zealand teams kick off their preseason fixtures. So we'll keep you up to date with that as we get a bit closer to Super Rugby. We'll do a bit more Super Rugby chat, get our predictions out very soon for the standings and who we think will take it. All even though we've already said that, uh, that is us today. For yeah, the, uh, the that Rugby Union podcast. Very nice. Very. Uh, very good episode apart from the start. <laughs> we, uh, we found out that the Australian Sevens is a uh, made-up competition teams that mm. no one even knows they exist. You talk about that bowling competition again. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a rugby are. podcast. Um, thank you for joining us. Next week, yeah, we'll have obviously a bit more context because Super, uh, Super Rugby, Six Nations games start over this weekend. Actually, a lie. Sorry, team.
I'm back in the motherland Aotearoa yeah. next week. I um, won't be available, so we will not be doing a podcast next week, but the one after. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, a video is coming out every weekend on our YouTube, and every Tuesday we have our post-podcast chat where we discuss some topics. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned for those as well. For now, thank you for joining us. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Peace. Peace.